Hey, Alexa, play the one that got away. Let's get into this Squadcast episode of Locked on Kraken. You are Locked on Kraken. Your daily podcast on the Seattle Kraken. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We are the Seattle Kraken. Hey, hey, what do you say, Seattle hockey fans? Welcome to another episode of Locked on Kraken. We bring you your favorite team every single day. I am your host, Erica L. Ayala. I do a bunch of stuff. I'm here in Arizona covering, well, I was at the Tucson Roadrunners game. They got annihilated by the, oh, um, I almost said OL rain, by the Ontario rain. Um, then I will be covering the Premier Hockey Federation final, which is on Sunday, and some fun stuff in between. But we are here to get ready for a squad cast because it's a game day, baby. That's right. The Seattle Kraken are taking on the one and only Nashville Predators, which means, of course, we are talking a revenge game, baby. That's right, for Ellie Tolvanen. Now, we've talked about revenge games, of course, here at Locked on Kraken, but this one might be unique in a lot of different ways. And so I, for one, am very excited to see how Ellie Tolvanen is going to play coming back to Nashville and how the Nashville Predators will receive him. But for more on how Nashville is going to receive Ellie Tolvanen, what we should expect from the Nashville Predators, and if the Locked on NHL show on Tuesday was right, that the Predators could be a contender for the wild card and give the Seattle Kraken a run for their money, I want to welcome Nick and Ann from Locked on Predators. Let's get into the squad cast. Well, Nashville Predators channeling their inner Drake and going back-to-back against the Seattle Kraken. Why? No idea. Weird scheduling. Uh, but to talk all things Seattle, we're bringing in the host of Locked on Kraken, friend of the show, Erica L. Ayala. Erica, how's it going? It's going well. Thanks so much for having me back. It's always a pleasure to hang out with the, the Locked on Preds crew. Yeah, before we get too much deep into this, just a little bit of a housekeeping thing. Uh, just want to ask you real quick. Um, are you done with Ellie Tolvanen? And if so, <laughs> what time are you dropping him off back uh, in Nashville? <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. You you could. Hello. Hello. Are you still? I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't uh, know. Ellie, Ellie Tolvanen. Ellie Tolvanen. The, the <laughs> yeah. guy whose name has been in every single tweet that's come out of any Nashville Predators fans <laughs> fingers for the last six months now. Well, I no, we're not we're not getting rid of Ellie Tolvan and certainly not if I can help it anytime soon. I think that he's found his stride, much like one of my personal favorites, Ryan Donato. We want to make this his uh, forever home because uh, that's just how he's been playing with us uh, on that third line, getting some uh, time on special teams. And uh, yeah, I think think we're going to have to go ahead and keep him, Nick. <laughs> I mean, just way to keep the pot stirred here in Nashville. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, Erica, there are more tweets from Nashville Predators fans about Ellie Tolvanen <laughs> to this day yeah. than Seattle Kraken tweets. <laughs> you know, I I could understand it. I feel like if the if the roles were reversed, and hopefully they won't be anytime soon, 
and um, you know, I, I, we'd be feeling some kind of way. We we haven't really had one of those for us, the one that got away. So uh, <laughs> you know, we we did lose our captain, and we kind of needed to win that game against Toronto, and he scored on us, so that didn't feel great. But other than that, uh, we've been lucky in our short history not to have uh, reverse revenge games, I guess. Um, but Ellie Tolvanen, yeah, has been great. It took a little while. I know, Anne, you and I talked about it, um, I guess, going back a couple months now. But it took him a little while to, to get into the roster. But mm -hmm. once he found his stride, including that big win that we had at Boston, we gave them one of their first uh, home losses in regulation um and ellie tolvanen was was pretty big for us in that game and uh yeah so uh you know one man's trash another man's treasure i guess <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're talking about reverse revenge games look out because we might have a jeremy lazan three goal <laughs> night incoming tonight <laughs> but you know let's let's stick with tolvanen for a second here because ever since he's left Nashville, he's kind of been on the Kelsey ballerini tour of just absolutely <laughs> lighting up his ex, you know, talking about how the Preds, you know, more or less misused him, wasn't happy with the way he was used here. So now that he's in Seattle, how is he being used there? And how is that translating to, I mean, the, the guy's got 13 goals, 10 assists in the 35 games he's played there. So how is that translating to success? Well, what we're seeing is, again, that he's getting third-line minutes. So the last handful of games, including our game against the Edmonton Oilers, he is on that left wing along with Yanni Gord and Oliver Bjorkstrand. So I think what we saw from – I'll start with Gord and Bjorkstrand. Those two players we've seen move around the, the lineup a lot. I think that Bjorkstrand has not necessarily been the goal scorer that we were hoping for or that a lot of Kraken fans thought we were going to get. That being said, I think he is a pretty good setup man. He works really hard in all three zones, and that's Yanni Gord to a T. A lot of Seattle Kraken fans think that he should be already our uh, second-ever captain. I think I'm okay with us not having a captain right now, but he's loved and adored, and it, when you bring in Ellie Tolvin in there, I think that these guys become guys that are the target and not just the seeker, right? They're not just the, the guys that are the, the hard working, grinded out, although they can do that. But Ellie Tolvanen has the skill to play alongside that style while also being a target for those guys. I think, and the last time we talked about Ellie Tolvanen, we were talking about the chemistry that he has with Vince Dunn, who's one of our right. leading point scorers. And uh, I think it was the first four or five goals that Ellie Tolvanen scored, he connected with Dunn. And so he's just been a really good target for a lot of our guys. Again, playing minutes on special teams, <laughs> um, power play in particular, we saw a, a bit of a boon there. We, haven't quite figured out the uh, the the penalty kill. That's another story for another podcast or squad cast. But I think what Ellie Tolvanen has done and the praise that we hear from uh, Dave Haxtell, who it doesn't often give praise, uh, very specific uh, praise, um, other than general statements, is that he likes that this guy is a two-way player. He works hard. And akin to what I often say about Maddie Beneers, we hear from Dave Haxtell that Tolvanen is 
coachable, right? He will take something, he will get feedback, and then he'll work on that and be able to execute that, if not in the next shift, by the next game, at the next practice. And that's important for a team that, if we're being honest, the Seattle Kraken, we're still very much figuring things out, but the culture, the character, the type of players that we want to see and we want to have in this organization on and off the ice, I get the sense that Dave Haxtell in particular really likes what he's been seeing from Tolvanen. So you're talking about his offensive production, which has been really impressive since he got into Seattle. It was not necessarily impressive here in Nashville, doing better offensively. You mentioned also his two-way game. What are you seeing from Ellie Tolvanen that you really like besides the fact that, you know, he is scoring goals in, in recording assists? What else are you liking from his game? Well, I think overall, if you go back to what I've been talking about on Locked on Kraken since training camp and preseason, we knew that this year the difference that Dave Haxtell wanted to see in the team is that the checking was going to be extremely strong and that we were going to play a game that was going to be aggressive on the checking in all three zones because we wanted to have possession. Now, coming out of preseason, I thought that was ridiculous because the team was just not bringing that the work ethic that it takes to play that type of game when you are not full of a, a roster full of elite defenders, definitely not that, um, or snipers um, on the forward lines. We don't have that. So you have to work hard and you kind of have to play that game to be successful. And I have seen an injection of energy since Ellie Tolvanen has been a mainstay in the, the lineup and in the roster. And that has been at times something that has been missing. I love our guys. We are for the most part, pretty, pretty hardworking, good guys. You know, we're not problematic <laughs> as far as I know, or at least not yet. Cause you know, we'll have our day I'm sure. But, um, <laughs> but no, jokes aside, you know, we're, we're a group that is, is going to stay together is going to stay as a group, not too many hotheads or, you know, prima donnas or anything like that. Um, but the energy wanes, and we are a team that is a blue collar team and we can't afford to not show up. And Ellie Tolvanen is that kind of player. You've got the Brandon Tanevs and the Yanni Gords who are just like, you know, they're, they're sniffing, you know, it's, it's sniffing salts and all kinds of crazy stuff that they're doing or getting into fights. Tolvanen isn't that he doesn't have that level of energy, but he is a guy that can get things fired up by what he does on the ice. Matty Benier is a little bit more of a humble player, but I liken Tolvanen's style. He's maybe a little bit more energetic and like ready to kind of like, Oh, get in your face about it. Then a Maddie Beneers who will be a little bit, he has a little bit more of a calm demeanor, but the energy and really like riling up uh, his teammates, getting the, the crack into just not give up and always really go that extra mile. For me, that's what it's been to see Ellie Tolvanen in, in this lineup. Yeah. One more question from us, uh, and I'll let you digest the Ellie Dolvenin news uh, before we get into some Preds talk. And that is just kind of the Kraken as a whole this year, because they're they're in a wild card spot right now. I think based on the expectations a lot of people had for them this season, I feel like Seattle, you might agree, have definitely kind of 
overstep that. Uh, but you you look at this team and you break down the stats and, you know, they're 24th in power play, which is kind of right where the Preds are. Uh, 26th in penalty kill, 31st on faceoff, 17th in goals allowed. You look at guys like Martin Jones and Philip Grubauer and their numbers aren't great. Uh, you look at their leading score and, you know, the, the Preds have a couple scores who have more points than the Kraken's leading scores. So this is the question Ann and I were kind of trying to figure out. With all that being said, how is Seattle where they are right now? It's a really interesting question, and I think there's a few ways to answer it, but I think the the broad strokes is that we are the sum of all of our parts. And so to your point, Andre Burakovsky, before being injured, um, was our leading scorer. Um, that being said, it's not like he was 15, 20 points ahead of any one player. Again, Vince Dunn has been up there. Jared McCann has the most goals scored for the Seattle Kraken. And so what we've seen from the, not the very beginning, but I'd say the first month or two of the season is that we're getting production through all four lines that's just speaking offensively defensively i am on the record all of the time in saying that i'm not impressed per se by our defenders you know like for like pound for pound but when we lock in and that's why again a tolvanin a yanni gourd are so important and critical players and maddie veneers are critical players for us because we have to uh, play defense by committee right some of all of our parts that's how that's when we're most successful and you mentioned martin jones the numbers recently for Martin Jones have not been great. The numbers for Philip Grubauer have gotten better, but unfortunately we might lose him to injury again for the second time this season. He uh, left the game, uh, our most recent game as of the time we're recording against the Edmonton Oilers, which of course is not a game that we wanted certainly not to lose and definitely not to lose our peaking goaltender um and and our long-term signed goaltender um so i think it's really been that it's it's been by committee we are the sum of all of our parts and we're getting production it, it you know dave haxel has talked about making difficult decisions when ellie tolvanen entered the the lineup who do you take out do you do you do you not have Morgan Geeky in who has been great at the faceoff dot, at least when he's getting consistent time? Do you take out Ryan Donato, who, you know, Mr. Piss and Vinegar himself, that's a quote that he gave. He always wants the Seattle Kraken to play with more piss and vinegar. And he is, if you need a gritty goal, he's your guy. There's no one on the Seattle Kraken that can score with like the other team just in his face more than Ryan Donato, in my opinion. Also mentioned though, he's one of my favorites. So take that as you will but i think that's really what it's been and so then our fin our more finesse player is a jared mccann and you know he's playing with maddie Beneers and eberly who are just gonna tee him up uh to shoot so i really think that's that's what's been the success but when we're not focused when we are not playing a really hard blue collar game and when we're not um really disciplined and playing hockey the right way, going stick to stick, body to body. That's when we've seen like right now, <laughs> the Seattle Kraken are, are not a successful team and a team that you wonder, can they actually make the playoffs? 
Yeah, uh, we can tell you all about injuries here in Nashville right now and lack of depth. Uh, we're going to talk Nashville Predators in a second, Erica. I know your viewers probably have some questions for Preds, mainly who's the next person that you would like to steal for the team. I'm sure that's one. We'll get to We'll also talk about keys to the game uh, for this weekend's doubleheader matchups. But first, want to take a second and mention today's episode is brought to you by Indeed. As our Nashville Predators fans can tell you, if you don't have players on the ice with the right skills, whether it's breakaway speed, elite playmaking ability, you're going to have a tough time winning. Well, the same goes for your business. Indeed is a fast, simple way to make sure you're hiring MVPs. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find a quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Indeed partners with you every step of the hiring process. You can find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, as soon as you sponsor a post, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on Indeed that match your job description, and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus, you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements. So start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash LockedOn. That offer valid through March 31st. Again, go to Indeed.com slash LockedOn to claim your $75 credit for March 31st. If you need it again, Indeed.com slash LockedOn. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. All right, Erica. Well, we know the Seattle Kraken probably have some questions for the Nashville Predators, a team very near and dear to your guys' heart. <laughs> thanks to the first win and all of the wonderful players we've given to you and one terrible player we've probably taken off your hands. Uh, so <laughs> let, let's go. Oh, I mean, come on. You're going to defend Jeremy Lazan, and I mean, he's lovely. We're all just growing. Bless We're all growing. Yeah. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. Um, okay. I mean, yeah. So uh, we were talking a little bit off air, but earlier this week, our uh, our colleagues over on Locked on NHL were, were making a case if the Preds can uh, sneak into the playoffs here. And I must say, as the Seattle Kraken has started to bobble a little bit out of that third spot and up and down into wildcard. I have been talking on locked on Kraken about keeping eyes on the Preds. So let's hear it. Like what's the conversation coming from uh, Nashville? Go ahead. Nick. <laughs> this oh, this seems like you're going to have so much fun with this. <laughs> I, I mean, look, be the honest. Nashville Predators, <laughs> it's going to be an uphill climb to get into the postseason at this point. Statistically, they're right there 76 points uh and a lot of games in hand at calgary and winnipeg the teams directly in front of them but at the same time let's be realistic here the nashville predators <laughs> traded away four very key players at the trade deadline yep. they are missing five more at the moment mm -hmm. uh due to injury philip forsberg 
Ryan Johansson. You're probably your two best remaining forwards. You also mm-hmm. got Alexander Carrier out. You have Ryan McDonough, who just got back to action Tuesday night. Uh, and also, by the way, there's there's some guy named Roman Yossi uh, who's mm-hmm. been banged up a little bit too. So the Nashville Predators are just dealing with basically an AHL lineup plus Colton Sissons and Matt Duchesne. And it's just, you feel like the depth is starting to catch up with them a little bit. You know, this team was doing everything they could to try to keep themselves in it, tried to just get some ragtag playoff hunt together. But you've also seen some bad losses over the past couple of weeks. Uh, the embarrassing one uh, this past Sunday night against the Rangers, 7 nothing. They also had a pretty miserable loss against the Chicago Blackhawks last week, which is a team you probably can't afford to lose to if you're in the playoff hunt. In there. So, yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, obviously, mathematically, the Preds are still in it, but that, that's probably not their focus. I think the focus just needs to be on individual players. Can the young guys who are up here from Milwaukee, can they earn a spot? for for next Mm -hmm. season's team can they keep growing can veterans like matt duchene step up his game and maybe be the shepherd that takes some of these younger players into the next step of their career so you know maybe some of those things come together the preds are at least in the conversation for the rest of the year but right now it's looking like the playoffs are going to be a secondary goal to what the team needs to do yeah i I think that I'm not comfortable still. I hear you, but just knowing what Seattle is is doing as of late, the consistency is a little bit troublesome. Now, is it Nashville that's going to jump in there? I can't say, but I do think that Seattle, unfortunately, down the, the back stretch here in the regular season that we're leaving the door open for someone. So maybe it's not the Preds, but uh, you know, I think, I think maybe we're leaving the door open for someone. So, um, and if I'm not mistaken, the last time, well, one of the last times that we uh, did a squad cast, you actually joined us on playback. Oh and my gosh. Sang, <laughs> so, up so much, first of all, so much fun, so but much fun. also hilarious. Because, Nick, you missed a good time. Uh, we were talking show tunes and musicals, and we were promised a song or two um, <laughs> if the game got out of control. And um, I say so just with all of the love in my heart, but we were able to get to a sing-along pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> that is a fact. That's on brand. It turned quickly. <laughs> it did. It did. So um, just a great moments of, of sports entertainment from my perspective. Maybe not so great uh, if you were a Preds fan watching, but we, we at least had a good time. So this would have been back in November. Um, so first, before we kind of break down, and, and Nick, I know you mentioned some of the stats earlier, but how different of a team do you think Nashville is from that November team for better, for worse? We talked a little bit about trade deadline. Yeah, this is a very different Nashville Predators team. You look at what happened, you know, with injuries. Nick just mentioned we have, you know, five key players out with injuries. But then you look at our trade deadline. And at the trade deadline, the Predators traded Nino Niederreiter, Tanner Janot. They traded... Um, 
just drew a total blank. Uh, Matthias Ekholm, which I always cross myself because he's my very favorite thing. We lost him and we lost Mikhail Granlund. So you're looking at some core guys. I mean, Ekholm and Granlund were some core guys for the Nashville Predators. Nita Ryder was just an addition this year that the Predators really felt like this is a guy who's going to round out a couple of small places where the Predators were weak last year. And Tanner Janot was kind of a darling for the Predators team. Well, this is a very different team now. So those guys are gone. And the whole trajectory of this franchise has changed. Mm -hmm. So our general manager, the only general manager in the franchise's history, is stepping down after this year, being replaced by the first ever head coach of the Nashville Predators, who is coming in as the GM, Barry Trotz. And so there has been a hard, hard pivot for the Nashville Predators. The team that you saw in November, the discussion was still, we're a team who needs to make a couple of little additions and tweaks, and then we're going to be a deeper playoff run team. That did not happen. (laughs) Yeah, that did not happen. I miss those days. Is that what you said, Nick? Yeah, <laughs> yeah those those were the simpler times when we're like, you know what, we can make a run at Matthew Kachuk and and be cup contenders next year. Yeah. It's a little different around these parts <laughs> nowadays. You know, we're really looking at, you know, David Poyle does not want to say a rebuild. He calls it a reset. But you're looking at a team that's their kind of core is now players like young Cody Glass. Um, mm-hmm. Another young player that is making a big impression is a young guy named Tommy Novak, who came up from the Milwaukee Admirals. So the players that Nashville in November thought were going to carry them to success, a lot of them are not even on the team anymore. And the players who the Predators are looking forward to leading the charge down the road as they kind of reset are young players that hadn't even seen NHL time in November. So it's going to be a very different team. Better or worse, I, you know, that game was pretty excruciating, I recall. (laughs) So hopefully this game will be better, but the team looks very different. Yeah, that was a 5-1 win for the Seattle Kraken. Philip Forsberg scored the only goal unassisted. That was in the second period to make it 4-1. And then uh, the ghost seer. <laughs> the ghost seer, Brandon Tanev, got, got us our fifth goal. Um, but also, we're a different team. So Andre Burakovsky was in the lineup then. We did not have Ellie Tolvanen. Just, just to... Oh, gosh. Throw yeah. that in there again. You just keep saying the name. <laughs> but also, so we were talking about this off air, and I, I uh, you know, we had Martin Jones, who was playing. Right. And, Nick, you talked about this as we were talking earlier in the show, that the Seattle Kraken, uh, I've kind of said, we're punching up against uh, above our weight. We're playing with house money, however you want to say it. No one thought we were going to be where we are. And that was definitely the case individually with Martin Jones. We didn't know what we were going to get with Martin Jones. We didn't expect to have to see so much of Martin Jones early in the season as Philip Grubauer went down with injury and he stepped up. But there was a time where I got to the, a point in the season. I'm like, did, did we break Martin Jones? Did we break him? 
because I think we might have broke him. And it turned out he had a little bit more wear that, that, you know, got us through a few more. And then the fatigue started settling in. We started seeing a jockeying for position as Philip Grubauer came back in net. And then it looked like it's like, okay, this this Jones experiment, we have to put it to rest for a little bit. And we were ready to go with uh, with Gruby. And then mm. the Oilers break him. <laughs> Yeah, you, you mentioned not expecting to see that much Martin Jones. I don't even think Martin Jones was expecting <laughs> to see that much Martin Jones earlier this season. But you know what? It's funny, Erica. You said the Kraken are kind of just playing with house money at this point. You know, you, you talk about the goalies, but you talk about just the team as a whole. That kind of feels like where the Nashville Predators yes. are, too. You know, you talk, Anna and I can tell you everything you need to know about the Preds fan base and kind of how they've reacted to this season. You know, it's a different vibe, you know, two years, like not two years, but two months ago when you have this team that's built to what you say win the Stanley Cup or be contenders and you're crashing out early or, you know, going way below what your expectations are. Mm -hmm. It's different than a team that's basically your AHL roster slash all of your top prospects, mm -hmm. just kind of finding ways to scrap out wins and survive yeah. games. That's a team that you can get behind. And let's say the Predators do exactly what they did last year, which is just kind of miraculously limp their way into a playoff spot and get knocked out in the first round again. That's a bad context from this team a month and a half ago. Right. This version of the Nashville Predators, if you can do that, if you can survive what is statistically the toughest remaining schedule in the NHL and find a way to limp into the postseason with this team, mm. that is a monumental win for mm. the players on this team. The yeah. context has completely changed, and the Nashville Predators feels like, you know, they just got the boss's checkbook out, withdrew like $100,000 <laughs> worth of chips, and are just sitting on that, you know, streak at the blackjack table going, whatever, let's just keep rolling, see where it goes. Yeah, that's interesting because I've been trying to curb my enthusiasm, so to speak, about this Seattle team really since we started going on, on this streak. And that's because I I don't know, even if we were playing a little bit better, like if we were speaking a month and a half ago maybe, I would probably be more confident about us being a playoff team. And I'm not sure that my confidence would change that this is a deep run playoff team because of a lot of the things that I've already mentioned. Our goaltending, unfortunately, has not been healthy since <laughs> since forever. <laughs> I mean, literally, we did not have one of our goaltenders on our first ever game. Well, I mean, granted, that was because of COVID protocol, but still, like we have been, it's a revolving door of goaltenders. I don't see enough defense and in the way the game is being played now. You know, we, we don't have dynamic defenders. We don't have quick defenders, in my opinion. Um, and so that concerns me for the longevity of this team. And as I mentioned, you know, I, I said it a lot last season. So I guess if last year the Seattle Kraken were teenagers, uh, you know, maybe we'll put them into early young adulthood. So, you know, this is like a college freshman out here still trying to figure <laughs> out 
what type of alcohol is not going to make them absolutely like <laughs> up Chuck. So, you know, it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's been a, it's been a wild ride, not in a bad way, but in a, like, what, what is this? And then it was really interesting to hear Ronnie Francis at the trade deadline. And everyone was like really ramping up that he believes in these guys. He didn't make any moves because he wants to give this roster the chance to do it on their own. And I'm like, you know what? If this was little league, I'm here for it. Like Rudy, Rudy, yeah. this is a pro team, bro. What do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Go all what in. Why not? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I think that it's the narrative that we leaned into because the truth of the matter is, and Ron Francis did say this at different aspects, but again, the narrative that got picked up was, it just irked me a little bit. I think the truth of the matter is that what was available was not at a price range that Francis yeah. wanted to pay. And that is, that makes sense to me. It makes me uncomfortable, but at least that makes sense. But you know, that whole rally behind, we have everything that we need. Since that's been the narrative coming from Seattle media in particular, we have not played well. <laughs> so maybe pull back on that a little and give them more of the blue collar, you know, narrative because it's just been a little wild. So it's been a little bit of a roller coaster for Seattle. And, and if, if anything, it's made me really have to work hard to remember what what I predicted and what Ron Francis kind of alluded is more of a three to five year plan, yeah. but also, you know, you never know when an opportunity to make a run is going to come. And if the C's part, it just sat with me that we didn't do maybe a little bit more, just a little bit more to maybe accelerate the process. Uh, more to talk about from this game coming up in a little bit, Eric. I'm going to ask you your predictions in <laughs> just a second. Maybe a player to watch. We'll get to that in one second. First, want to let you know this episode's brought to you by our great friends at FanDuel. Look, the tournament's heating up now. Is the perfect time to download the FanDuel app. It is America's number one sports book because new customers are going to get a no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's right it's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app it is safe secure it is super easy to use and then you can go ahead and bet on everything from the money line to point scores to player props to three points drained plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets back when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on that's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with fanduel an official sports betting partner of the nba all right erica so you've heard us talk about the preds we've heard you talk about the kraken we of course got two big games at bridgestone arena coming up one tonight one saturday What's something to watch for? What storyline are you going to be watching going into this game? <laughs> well, I feel like at this point we're, we're all old friends and no one will be surprised to hear me say that. Who's going to start a net? <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah. we, um, we brought up Joey Decord on a, an emergency status from Coachella Valley, who's doing amazing. 
Firebirds have already clinched uh, a berth into the playoffs in the AHL. So that's amazing in our first season. Um, but it's looking like we're not going to have Grubauer for a little bit here. And again, Martin Jones has not played and performed very well. That being said, I'm not sure we go Joey Decord. <laughs> you know, we, we just played Dallas, and I, I think you still have to go with Jones in that situation. Probably has a short leash. So, uh, quite honestly, a player to watch, and not necessarily because he's going to light the lamp, as you know, we usually concentrate on forwards or at least skaters. But I think the player to watch is whoever is in net. And I'm thinking it's likely going to be Martin Jones. He did have success earlier in the season, but as we talked about with both of our teams, a lot has changed. But we need whomever is in net for however long they're there to really help stabilize this team. We have not found a lot of success on the power play. We are not doing great on the penalty kill. Nick, I know you talked about some of those numbers, but when I look at where we're at, our, our power play is a little bit better. We're 24th overall, 19.5% clip. But I mean, the penalty kill, 26th overall in the league. And we have absolutely been leaving our goaltenders out to dry. So that's something that I'm also looking for. We, um, as a Seattle Kraken team, the team doesn't like practice. They do not like talking about practice, um, which drives me up a wall and has probably left me to thin my hair from pulling it out. Um, but I, I really hope that we, we buckle down and get some more discipline because specialty teams, as uh, Dave Haxa would say, because he's Canadian, um, that, that's going to be huge for us. Yeah. Uh, and I'll let you uh, take the Preds perspective on this. What do you think we need to do tonight to get through, or really, I guess both these games uh, to yeah. escape this, this weekend doubleheader? Yeah, I, it's funny you mentioned special teams because for me, I think special teams could be a key for a couple of reasons. First of all, this city will burn to the ground, my <laughs> friend, if Ellie Tolvin and scores a power play goal. <laughs> Am I wrong or am I wrong, Nick? I mean, here's the, here, here's the question. How many Preds fans are cheering for that to happen just to prove a point? There's a whole podcast in there. There's a <laughs> whole podcast in that comment right there. There's a yeah. whole conversation. But I do think special teams could be huge uh, in this game. Nashville's power play was not great at the beginning of the year. They kind of found their groove in February. They were one of the top power play units through the stretch there. And then the last couple of games, it's been a little bit of a struggle. If they can get that on track, like you said, against a penalty kill that may be struggling, this could be a big thing for the Predators. The Predators are winning games by small goal margins. So a power play goal could be the swing at a game. The other thing I would encourage Kraken fans to keep an eye on is look for the guys whose names you don't know. <laughs> because you're going to see players with names like Evangelista and Novak and Tomasino you may be familiar with. But this team is made up of some young guys who have come up from Milwaukee Kiefer Sherwood is another one who are really looking to prove themselves in the NHL. And they're actually the guys getting some things done. Not the veteran Matt Duchesne, which we've we've talked about. Nick and I had a whole conversation about. God bless him, Matt Duchesne. But keep your eye on some of these younger players that you aren't familiar with. Because right now, those are the guys who are carrying this team. So Luke Evangelista, Definitely a young guy named Tommy Novak, number 82. You'll notice him right away. But uh, Kiefer Sherwood, 
It's going to be players that you don't expect that may be the ones who can come up with the big moments in these games. Yeah, Novak, we definitely see uh, in just looking in the last five games and players to watch per NHL.com. Also, I just wanted to go back to Evangelista. What a name. Oh, and the hair. You yeah, think the wait name till is you see great? the hair. The yes, hair will, let's it go. will knock your socks off his hair. I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. <laughs> All of the important things. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is, he doesn't just have that flow and uh, that fantastic name. Uh, but he's actually playing really well. You know, he he drives to the net. You can see the energy he plays with. He's a kid that you can tell fights to get to difficult scoring areas. Uh, he doesn't dick around. He gets that puck <laughs> and goes straight towards that net, which is something, especially with Forsberg out, the Predators don't really have anybody that kind of just has that straight YOLO drive to the net. Mm-hmm. And, then, you know, another guy I want to throw out, and Ann and I have talked about this guy a bunch for various different reasons, but that's Phil Tomasino. Now, this yep. guy was on the team last year as a rookie played mostly on the fourth line uh, even though he's a high scoring type guy scored 32 points in his rookie season despite having talent to to play on a top line you know he did did that all with like 10 minutes of ice time per game a lot of people thought he was going to be in the top six this year he wound up going to the minors a move that people still like to talk about He's come back due to injury and some of the trades. And he is somebody that is really playing at a level above his age. He's a guy, he's somebody who has that ability to put himself in the other player's shoes and kind of anticipate where they're going to be. And you've seen that in a bunch of plays where he's, you know, he's getting into space. He's going towards the net, but he is always looking up. He's always looking around to see where his teammates are. And he's made a couple of really good plays, either to set up other teammates for goals or scoring chances. That's an ability that even guys who are like 30, 31 years old and have been in this league for years haven't exactly mastered. And Tomasino's doing that. So I think the Preds have a very good player uh, in number 26, somebody to watch these next two games. And hang on, Nick. I'm just going to send Ronnie... A message. Stop talking about our players. It's okay. okay. When Ann talks to John Hines later today about the line combos, just gonna just gonna send him a real players who watch. Yeah, make sure he's got it. So one, yeah. the next time we we, we want to grab a player from the Preds, we know who to scoop up. Oh, oh I'm sure we'll hear all about it. <laughs> all right, well. We, we got a, a lot to watch tonight uh, for various different reasons. It is a 7 o'clock Central puck drop tonight. Uh, and then what what time is it on? Uh, yeah, one, 1 o'clock Central on Saturday. Uh, yeah. Erica, I will let your listeners do the Pacific time zone math on that. Uh, but there's, there's certainly a lot to watch. So we are, you know, whether it's locked on Preds or locked on Kraken, we will be here to recap it all. Erica, where can people find your work? Well, of course you can find me over on Locked on Kraken, where we will be watching the standings until we know what's going on with our boys. Um, you can follow the show at Locked on Kraken. You can also follow me personally at elindsay 8 That's E-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y-0-8. 
And Anne, where can people find your work? You can find my work online at insidethepreds.com. You can find me on Twitter at Ian K underscore Mama on Ice. You can find me at ontheforecheck.com. Follow me on Twitter at underscore NSMorgan. Uh, also follow our Twitter, LO underscore Predators. And however you are listening to this, whether you're a Locked on Kraken fan, a Locked on Predators fan, make sure you subscribe to both of our shows, whether it's your favorite podcasting platform or on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button. It helps all of us out. That's going to do it for today's show. Thanks so much for joining us on this Megacast Squadcast. <laughs> we will see you later this week for more content. We'll see you. See that guy? That's the guy making all the noise. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Kraken a part of your daily routine. I hope you enjoyed this squadcast. Now, we do have, <laughs> as my friend's squawking in the background, we do have another game against the Nashville Predators. So this was a little bit of a mod pause, just kind of reviewing the overall, the overall um, matchup. But we'll have more. And hopefully, tomorrow's episode of Locked on Kraken, we can talk about a win. That's right. As always, be kind to yourself and to each other. Again, extending a heartfelt well wishes to Andy Ide, a member of our community. And I'll catch you on the next episode of Locked on Kraken. Peace.